This is Scripture on Creation, a question and answer format radio program hosted by Dr. Ben Scripture. With a Master of Divinity, a PhD in Biochemistry, and over 30 years of experience studying and teaching about creation, he is well equipped to address current perspectives on creation, science, and intelligent design with biblically and scientifically sound answers. This and past programs are also available as a free podcast so you can listen anytime. If you have a question for Dr. Scripture, contact information follows the program. And now, Scripture on Creation. Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, someone asked you a question about the weather and everyone likes to talk (laughs) about the weather, so you decided to answer it on our program today. Yes, Scott, we usually do like to talk about the weather, especially when we don't like the weather. You mean like the weather we're having right now in Indiana? (laughs) As we record this the third week of April, Mm -hmm. we've had delightful spring temperatures. Leaves on the trees are popping out, flowers are popping up, and yet tonight and tomorrow, it's supposed to go down into the 20s. Everything, including me, is going to (laughs) freeze. You've said it all, Scott. (laughs) In fact, I'm looking out the window right now. And it's snowing. Snow-covered flowers. (laughs) But actually, the question I got wasn't about the weather in April in Indiana. Oh, it wasn't? Well, then, what was it about? It was a question about weather in the Bible. Okay, well, that makes more sense for our program. Did it have something to do with whether or not there was rain before the flood? You know, that's a pretty popular question. Well, no, it was actually a question I've never heard before. And it really piqued my interest, which is why I decided to address it. All right, then. So what was it? Well, it was from a listener named Kevin, and he wrote, I recently discovered your ministry and am grateful for you and others proving that science corroborates Scripture. I have a question about Genesis 3.8. It says, The Lord came walking in the cool of the day. Since it was a perfect environment before the fall, there would not have been a heat of the day. Is this verse indicative of the fall? I've never heard this verse addressed, and I'm very curious. Many thanks, Kevin Withers, Wilmington, North Carolina. Hmm, I see what you mean, Dr. Scripture. I never thought about the idea of the cool of the day being in contrast to the heat of the day. Neither had I. But before I say any more, let's set the context of Genesis 3.8 and then read the verse in its entirety. This event takes place after Eve was deceived by the serpent, and both she and Adam ate the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, at the point in time of Genesis 3.8, sin has entered the world. In other words, the fall has happened. Yes. So, let's read now, starting at Genesis 3.7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. And then verse 8, Scott. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So, aside from this being a terribly tragic event, Kevin's question is, Since the text mentions the Lord came when it was cool, doesn't that indicate that in contrast, there must have been a time of day that was hot, in other words, unpleasant? And if that was the case, didn't that indicate an effect of the fall even at that point? Now, if that were the case, 
The assumption would be that a perfect world and a perfect environment would never experience any oppressive heat, so the weather must have changed. And for the worse, just like what's happened here in Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Scott, that's one way of putting it, but I think we can be pretty certain that the extremes in weather we experience on Earth today are more severe than anything on Earth before the flood. And of course, these events in Genesis 3 occurred long before the flood. Although, sadly, these events in Genesis 3 were the fundamental cause of the flood. You mean Adam and Eve's sin? Yes. The fall ultimately resulted in the flood, the ultimate in bad weather. However, back to our question, is Genesis 3.8 alluding to the idea that Adam and Eve's sin resulted in an immediate change in the weather? Well, this was my response to the question. Dear Kevin, thanks for your letter. You've made an interesting observation. However, I do not think there being a cool time of day has anything to do with Adam and Eve sinning. There would have been variable temperatures during the day from the very beginning. I think it would have been cooler in both the morning and evening, just as it generally is on a normal sunny day now. The description, cool of the day, is more likely an indication that it was either in the morning or evening when the Lord came walking. The warmer time of the day, you could call it the heat of the day, wouldn't have necessarily been an unpleasant heat. Another thing to note about the description is, it's possibly more accurately described as breezy. The Hebrew word most translations translate cool there in Genesis 3.8 is the root word for wind or spirit, ruach. Now, it is most likely that the breeze was simply a consequence of the movement of air as temperatures gently fluctuated during the day. However, there's an additional interesting possibility. Perhaps when the Lord would come to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden, He caused the wind to stir just a bit. And that was how Adam and Eve knew he was coming. Yeah, the fact that they knew he was coming was mentioned twice, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. They even say they heard him coming. Exactly. We read in verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord. And then let's read verses 9 and 10. Then the Lord God called to the man, and he said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Again, it can't be overstated how terribly tragic this was. The very purpose for which the Lord had created man was ruined. The Creator was coming to enjoy His creation, the pinnacle of His creation, His image-bearer, as well as to allow His children to enjoy Him. But instead, man was afraid was ashamed, and was trying to hide. The perfect fellowship they had experienced was over. Now, we don't know how much time passed between the sixth day of creation and the events recorded in Genesis chapter 3, but however long it may have been, it's hard to imagine the regret Adam and Eve must have experienced as they reflected back on their days of innocence. But I don't think there's any reason to think that the weather somehow inherently changed such that after they sinned, extreme fluctuations in temperature began to occur. I think the text indicates that the Lord intentionally changed the conditions on earth. 
You mean when God cursed the ground which was after Adam and Eve tried to hide. Yes. Remember the Lord addresses the serpent, that is Satan, then Eve, and then Adam. And to Adam he says, midway through verse 17 and following, Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Now the passage continues, but notice now, there apparently will be discomfort, but not just because of the heat of the day, but because of exertion through hard labor that man will now have to endure. Scott, are you a hot weather type or do you like more moderate temperatures? Well, I'm not terribly crazy about either extreme. (laughs) So I I do kind of like the moderate, you know, the transition from spring into summer or Mm -hmm. maybe summer into fall, you know, that sort of thing. But I'm trying to get outside and exercise more. So the warmer weather does help with that. Mm. Well, frankly, I'm partial to hotter temperatures. I like it hot outside as long as I don't have to labor in it. I love the feeling of the hot sun. (laughs) Now, obviously, that's totally subjective on our parts. But in answer to the question, I think the idea of the cool of the day in Genesis 3.8 does not indicate an oppressive heat of the day had developed because of Adam and Eve's sin. And the cool of the day may very well have been the breezy time of day which occurred as a result of the Lord's presence. His spirit, his ruach, resulting in the breeze, which in a sense announced his coming. Something that Adam and Eve surely looked forward to as often as it had occurred until they sinned and they hid and that beautiful fellowship they enjoyed was destroyed. And their reaction is still the response of humanity today. Listen to Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Now, I know that as the passage continues, the Apostle John is specifically talking about the coming of Jesus, the Son of God, in the flesh. But as we read several portions of John chapter 1, I want you listeners to think of how this also is a description of the events we've been reading in Genesis chapter 3. Back there in the garden, when the Lord came walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve's response is very much like what is described in John chapter 1. So Scott, go ahead and start reading John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then, verse 11, he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. And finally, we'll read John 3, 19 and 20. And this is the judgment, that the light is come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. You know, Adam and Eve's deeds were evil. And you can tell from their response. What did they do? They hid. They did not want to be exposed. But Dr. Scripture, you know, they they were like naive little toddlers. A small child thinks that if I can't see mommy, mommy can't see me. You know, they play (laughs) peekaboo, you know. Mm -hmm. 
But our creator sees all that we do, and he knows all that is in our heart. How could anyone be so deceived as to think that the one who made the heart doesn't know what's in it? Well, I know one way. Oh, and what's that? Well, if a person has convinced themselves there is no creator, that their heart, their very existence, is simply the result of evolution, an unfathomable number of fortunate chance events forming a chain from chemicals to cells to fish to apes and finally human beings, then in their mind, there is no heart maker. There is no God to answer to nor fear. That is one of the reasons I suggest that the theory of evolution is so appealing to the natural mind. And just as the serpent deceived Eve to sin, Satan continues deceiving to this day, convincing people there's no need for the gospel. The message that Christ can save you from your sin is irrelevant. What is the gospel? Well, it's a good news, bad news scenario, right? Yep. The first part of the gospel is you're a sinner and you need to be saved. The bad the, news. Yeah, and the second part of the gospel, the good news is, but Jesus Christ came and died for your sins and raised from the dead. Well, listen to how Paul put this idea of Satan deceiving, blinding the minds of the unbelievers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the program. If you would like to hear this or past episodes of the program, listen to them on our podcast, Scripture on Creation. You can subscribe for free or listen on our website, and you can learn more about our ministry on the website, scriptureoncreation.org. Scripture on Creation is a listener-supported ministry, and your gifts and prayers are greatly appreciated. If you have comments or questions you'd like Dr. Scripture to address, you can contact him by sending an email to scripture at scriptureoncreation.org or call 574-551-1524.